Okay, welcome back to Firewall. As usual, I'm your host, Bradley Tusk. As usual, this is a Tuesday episode, which means our friend and producer, Hugo Lindgren, is here with us. Hugo, how's it going? Good morning, Bradley. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, well, I went to this really good bar mitzvah over the weekend. That yeah, I heard, really I heard it was fun. I heard it was fun. So the listeners know, Lyle uh, had his bar mitzvah this weekend. He did a wonderful, fabulous job. But I would say of the high, one of the many highlights was someone at the bar mitzvah walking up to me and saying, is Hugo here? And I said, yeah. He said, can I meet him? And it was a firewall listener who like, was eager uh, oh to, to meet Hugo. So that was very exciting for all of us. You know, there were three firewall listeners that like uh, I spoke to. Um, like like devoted fans of the show, it was a big highlight for me too. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so, so, but uh, and then did you watch Super Bowl? I did. Yes, I did. Would I wasn't you? going to because I didn't care who won, and there was just something about it that seemed not interesting to me. But I did watch it. You watch it? I did. And it's, even though it was sort of a tight game, it was never that interesting of a game. I'm it was not weird. sure it was really why. I never, I never kept got trying into to say it. what a great game it was. And but you're it like, just wasn't. You watching yeah. the same shit? So, yeah. Any ads you liked? Um, I liked the bowling ad with Serena Williams. Did you see that I one? I missed that one. So it was like a whole bunch of celebrities, like Peyton, Man- or not, Peyton Manning and a whole bunch of other people were all in like a bowling alley and they're all like, you know, trying to be like, I guess it was for Michelob Ultra or something. And then they were, you know, like, it was like, oh, wow, all these cool people are in like, you know, the bowling alley, you know, yeah. and they're all like trying to beat each other. And then Serena Williams walks in and it's like, uh, Steve Buscemi was like the guy, you know, oh, the shoe from, guy. Yeah, at the, yeah, yeah. So he was Lebowski. like, game on. You know? I'll tell you, they, they've been making Lebowski related <laughs> commercials for 25 years now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was the thing. Is a lot of the reference in the ads it seemed like, just like, God, did you see that Facebook or the Meta ad for for like Meta Quest Two or whatever the fuck that was? Did you I, see you that? know, sort of. Lyle was talking to me about it, and I didn't quite understand what he was saying. But it was at the end of the Sopranos ad, which I enjoyed. I'm sitting next to Lyle, and I'm like, "This is great," and I realized he has no idea what yeah. it's about, right? It's amazing how old The Sopranos is, Yeah, right? he, had, he had no clue. And he said, well, can I watch The Sopranos? I said, no, not, not quite yet. I wish there'd been a little bit more of a payoff in that ad. Like, she just sort of drives up, plugs in her car, and then, like, greets her brother. brother. Yeah. And he has a goatee. He's kind of looking pathetic, I guess you know? it means that they're not dead. Uh, you know, because it was a theory that that, that right, gunman the, would have killed maybe all of them or just Tony. Right, but or here's whatever. the thing: I don't want that mystery answered in an ad, in a Super Bowl ad, or, or any ad. Yeah, I don't even want an answer. By the way, period. Right. I, I tried watching that Sopranos movie that came out like in the fall, and it was unwatchable. Terrible. So. Um, I thought the Coinbase ad was very clever. Was that the thing bouncing around? Yeah. Did, oh, you, did you pick out your phone and... Lyle did. So he, it's funny. And what so was I'm, it? I was like, I'm it, not it doing it. just took you to Coinbase.com. Oh, that's all? Yeah. But, but, oh, that's lame. It, I but, thought maybe they give you free Bitcoin or something. I don't think so. I mean, I didn't even look at... Because that's why I, I was Lyle like, did it. I get I free Bitcoin? I didn't look at his phone. But, you know, it's funny how, like, just sort of an age thing, right? right? I'm just watching this thing bounce around the screen, and Lyle's immediately whipping out his phone and, and scanning the QR code, <laughs> so you're right? just confused. <laughs> yeah, I was confused for a little bit, and he, he understood it immediately. <laughs> but funny, uh, I mean, I was confused, but then I thought, like, maybe there's free shit, so I better do something, but then I didn't. But basically, I think we might have even talked about this in the podcast, that, that Buffalo-Kansas City game a couple of weeks ago was the Super Bowl. And we all knew when it was happening, this is going to be the best game. Of the totally. Year. I mean, it was almost impossible, given the way the playoffs had been generally, although that was the best game. But there were several other great games. Yeah. So you did kind of have this feeling that both quarterbacks get hurt in the second half. And you just kind of, like, the defense is kind of tightening up. And, and you just got the, you, you felt the fear coming in. Like, you know, and then that last drive, which was, I think Chris Collins was, it's like the best drive ever. And you're like, 
Wait, the one with all the penalties? Yeah, and the, it was okay. The, I don't like, know. fourth downs that weren't that exciting. It was just, just felt weird. like a low-energy game somehow. Yeah. But that stadium looks amazing. It does look amazing. And so what did you think of the halftime show? Because, like, it was, like, like Sarah, my wife, she just loved it and was going on. And I was like, I don't know. So, like, I mean, I love all those guys, but, like, I don't, I don't so know. So I say a few things. So one is... I think it was very designed for middle-aged people, right? Well, that's like, for so sure. Jordan yeah. was also raving about it this morning. Okay. Um, I thought it was fine. I actually don't know why they didn't just have all Los Angeles artists. I mean, I like Eminem, but like Mary J. Blige, but couldn't they have found like two or three more, you know, L.A. people? It would have been great to have like, just go like, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I, I enjoyed but, the hip-hop aspect of it yeah. for sure, but it just felt like... It just it didn't surprise me in a good way. In it was any way. fine. You yeah. know, Lyle um, has become a Dr. Dre fan separately, so he was excited. Separately, separately from you, you mean? Separately from the Super Bowl. Oh, it wasn't like he saw okay, him at the right. halftime show. He had right. he got he bought, he got the Chronic for Christmas. Okay, and um, he's so been, he's been listening to it on, on vinyl actually, and oh, nice. uh, so he was psyched about right. it. Um, I I was actually going to walk the dog during the show, and then he convinced me to stay. And wait, wait, Bradley, you were going to walk the dog during the halftime show? Yeah, it wasn't that you know. Most people like that's all. I mean, I I was alone in my apartment. I. I generally watch football games with this one couple who are both rabid football fans who are like usually awesome to watch with. But the last time I watched with them, they got drunk. And uh, I mean, I got drunk too, but got in a really big fight. And it was it's too was, awkward. Yeah. I was like, I can't go back. <laughs> Did right they invite you? Yeah, but they, 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 kind of, they kind of invited me in a way that they're, they're like, like, yeah, you probably shouldn't come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, last, time, last time you were here, things went really bad, Hugo. So I was sitting at home. And then they were kind of coming in and out, my daughters and my wife. And then I yelled. They were like, tell us when it's halftime. So then they all came to halftime. Yeah. It was, it was all perfectly fine, but, like, nothing that exciting. Okay. So we, we, I just want to – I don't think you, you – oh, so you like the Sopranos ad. Um, did, was there anything else that, that stayed with you at all ad-wise? Uh, there was – which one there? I, I, I thought the, the Barbie one was kind of weird and interesting, but I didn't I totally I, follow I it. I the Barbie one. It was a little – but it was also uh, a little bit – oh, you know what I liked? I thought the one the Amazon ad with um, Scarlett Johansson and her husband was funny. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Those Scarlett Johansson look strange. I, I like they. It felt like the camera was always in a weird place, and she was like, I almost didn't realize it was her for a while. Oh, I, yeah. I just thought I just thought some of the, the thoughts that they had were funny. Yeah, it was it was well scripted. Um, I just want there was one other ad that I kind of liked. Oh, I liked the uh, the Lay's potato chip ad. Oh, it was fine. You, somehow I didn't. You know, I mean, why I didn't realize Seth Rogen was Jewish, um, but then while we're watching the ad, I'm like. Because they're like doing the horror, right? And right, I was right. Like, oh, yeah, right. He must be Jewish. And you just done a horror. And I had just done a horror the day before, and uh, and he is. So Lyle and I were excited about that. Were they spoof- celebrity Jews? Are still for us exciting, especially if there's not like a banker or a doctor or something. I should have read up on this, but we're with Dolly Parton and Miley, Cy- Miley Cyrus like spoofing like charity. Yeah, like say- it was like a We Are the World send up. But that's. Is but it did, a, yeah, it didn't make sense. But is that isn't that kind of shitty anyway? Like, oh, we're I think Dolly Parton is such a national treasure; she can do whatever she wants. Oh, it all God, works. That totally seemed odd. But, oh, yeah. previously pop stars used to get together to like do big charity albums to like feed children, and now we're doing like five G yeah. ads. Ha ha ha! It's yeah. so yeah. amazing. Yeah, it wasn't. Feels a little flat. Um, okay, so. We're you. One of the things you wanted to talk about besides the Super Bowl, which you said you only wanted to touch on, so now we have. Yep. Um, you did want to talk about um, 
uh, Biden's poll numbers. Sure. I'll start with that. Okay. So it's funny because you texted me and you're like, they're not that bad. And then I looked at them and I was like, well, they're not that good either. So here's here's when I kind of had this this thought. So I feel like I'm talking about Lyle constantly. So Lyle and I are reading the, the post <laughs> this morning. I think it's okay to talk about your son, especially and, like uh, just a couple yeah, days after his birthday. Right. So I think that's And right. there was, you know, the post obviously hates Biden. And so there they was do. an article about a recent CNN poll that had met 41, 58 approved, disapprove. Okay. And so it's a while. Wow, this is really a... 41, 58 approved, disapprove. 41 approved, 58 disapprove. Right. Okay. Which is, and CNN, so not like That's a like Fox Rasmussen. News. Oh, it's CNN. Okay. Yeah, right. it was like a real okay. poll. Right. Um, or at least not a, not a biased partisan poll. Right. In, or if it was, it should have been in his favor. Um, so Lyle said to me, okay, well, why is his... Why are people so upset? And so I tried to answer the question. So I, inflation, okay, fine. That that's a real thing. That's a huge one, though. No, it's big. But then, but then I really struggled. So I said, well, COVID, but he don't really doesn't really screw anything up. COVID, and the people who be angry at him are anti-vaxxers who wouldn't be for him anyway. Right. I said maybe some people on the left are disappointed he hasn't accomplished enough. Afghanistan was a while ago. Like I don't. Like, the rea- so so then here's my thought. Right. It's not so not that Biden's killing it because he's not. Right. 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 But it's not so much even anything he's doing or not. This is just the new normal. We live in a world that is so hostile and so polarized and so contentious. And keep in mind, it's not like half the country Republicans and half are Democrats. Forty percent are independents, right? right? So given that, just no president, absent some massive national security victory or something like that, is ever going to have an approval rating much above 40. Because that's just the way it is. But the, here's even the more interesting part, okay. which is... I don't think it's correlated to re-election at all anymore. Really? So, in theory, the reason why approval ratings should matter would be, you know, do we think this person? You're just always thinking about the, the press only cares about two things: politics and policy and uh, and process, right? They don't give a shit about policy at all. So, okay. they, so they're not looking at the approval rating to then determine whether or not this next piece of legislation has a good chance of passage, right? right. They're just always thinking about the next horse race. Right. But I would say this, which is, let's say it's Biden Trump. It's a, let's just say it's a rematch from 2020, which probably... Even though one of the other findings was that, like, I, mean, I guess the Washington Post article I was reading was like, nobody wants that. Like, there's dissatisfaction on yeah, both sides. I saw it too. Wants, but, but anyway... But, and they what want I, new blood. But they always say but, that, but we've been in old blood forever. Like, it's, Right, right. They, we, we just chose to nominate the 78-year-old guy right. last year. So, uh, two years ago now. But, but, no, here's the point, though. I, if the election were held today, I think you'd have the exact same outcome. Like, I, I don't think anymore... I think the people who identify as Democrats... Will now always they become so partisan, so hyperpartisan. They vote for the Democrat. The people who are Republican will vote for the Republican. And so I guess there are some independents that maybe would shift one way or the other. But overall, I just think the correlation between approval rating and re-election prospects, which used to be like absolute, I I, I think we can start to dismiss it. Well, so I'd say two things. One, uh, the midterms is obviously kind of another story, right? So there's a kind of momentum thing that like Biden is not providing for his party right now and that's pretty standard for sort of first term you know um midterms yeah but but even in the midterms if you look at will the republicans win the house yes right um but that's bad i mean for the democrats but if you look at it it, it's a lot of you know, seats that are uh, members are retiring. I, I don't think you're going to see tons of incumbent democrats getting beaten. run free election and right. lose right right so that's the test, and then like there's really not anything Biden could do about the other ones. Is that what you're, you're saying? I, I, first of all, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I can't remember the last time that you had uh, a president in the first term, midterms, not get wiped out. So I'm not sure Biden could do anything about that. But but even more so, 
I don't know what he could have done about anything. Now, it, look, to, ha- <laughs> he's, to still have a hapless president in the White House is not a good thing. So obviously we could do a lot better than, than him. Um, I but- just can't stand to watch like him talk or the interviews or anything. Like it's just so brutal. You're just you're just like worried that he's going to blow it. <laughs> I'm worried he's going to fall and break a hip. Uh, but <laughs> don't but, be ageist. All right. Uh, but but still, most of these things. So the only one that you could really go back and say, okay, he or at least the party screwed this up would be inflation, right? Because they they knew Larry Summers was very clear and other people that this amount of federal spending would lead to this inflation. And by the way, if you didn't do this spending. You might have had a totally bottomed-out economy in terms of employment and the market and everything else, and people would have suffered even more. So I don't even know if that was avoidable, right? But generally speaking, he didn't create COVID or have a particularly massive reaction to it either way. Like, it just, it just feels like this is all contextual, and it feels like, in some ways, none of it matters. Interesting. Okay, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, we'll find out what the, what the real story is. So you're 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 your outlook is they lose the House, the Democrats lose the House in the midterms, but that was kind of inevitable anyway. But what about like, so like the 2018 midterms for Trump, you had this incredible infusion of fresh blood for the the left in Congress. Do you see something like that happening? Is there sort of a... Because there's also this talk that some of the Trump candidates aren't faring that well. Um, yeah, like I, I, saw, I, I saw that piece in the Washington yeah. Post today. They, um, I feel like they, they're, they're just dying to write that So constantly. I sent that to um, my political consultant group. Yes. Uh, and I said, is this just wishful thinking? And Howard and Jeff Pollock, who are two of the smartest people in they politics today, just were like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So Trump's, Trump's kicking ass? Just, they were like, this is, this is liberal fantasy. Um, but... Good. I'm glad Put, to hear that. Putting that aside, <laughs> I mean, you know, look, there are those moments like 1994 where Gingrich and all these people, like the, 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 the contract with America, people right. were born, or 2010 was the Tea Party, I think, right? Yeah, or that's 12. right. Um, and then 2018 was the squad. Right. But in this case, most of the gains are going to be Democrats retiring and those seats flipping. And there's still probably not going to be the craziest right-wing Republicans because it means it's still one of the remaining swing districts. So, you know, yeah, will some person who ends up being really intelligent and good at Instagram get elected for the first time in 22 when the press will pay them way too much attention? A- absolutely. But I-, I don't know that that we're poised for this sort of new class of sort of hardcore ideologues from either side that are dynamic. Well, it's interesting. I just saw that New York Magazine had AOC on the cover, like a kind of like, wow, five years ago she was like, you know, working at a bar on, you know, 23rd Street or whatever it was. And I was thinking like, well, it's kind of odd timing because like I feel like that sort of political force, I mean, it hasn't gone away by any means, but it feels kind of like stagnant right this minute. Well, I guess here's the, the question really, which is, so she's done an amazing job making herself a national figure, getting a lot of attention for herself, all that stuff. So the, the job of a politician, which is to fulfill their n- desperate need for attention and validation, <laughs> we she's... Haven't been, we haven't visited that one for a little while. phenomenal. Attention and validation. Right. Here we go again. But... Um, it would be interesting to look and say, okay, have progressive policies done better since AOC came into our lives? Had, had, had more than passed and all of that? And I'm not sure, right? So y- you did see a lot of spending when COVID happened, but that was a bipartisan response. Well, yeah, Bill, Bill right. Back Better died because of the progressives. Um, you know, the progressive candidates for president, Sanders and Warren, did not win. Right. Um, so 
I'm not sure that there have been any substantive policy gains on the federal level um, since AOC and her, her crew actually took power. And you don't see anyone on the 2022 midterm sort of horizon, some new sort of people joining some... I mean, you don't know till I didn't know, none of us knew, I, I didn't know who AOC was until she beat Crowley that night in the primary, right? Is that right? You hadn't, like, I seen... I heard of her. No, I just assumed Joe was going to win, like, uh, you know, like everybody. <laughs> oh, you're part of the problem, Bradley. Exactly. It wasn't my <laughs> district, and, you know, I wasn't paying attention. Right. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't know, but I, but I think the, the, the main point is we live in a world now that everyone is so aware of everything and so upset about everything and so disgruntled with everything that regardless of their view of the actual performance of an elected official, everyone, I think, will generally retreat to their corners when it comes to the election itself, which means the correlation is going away. I think I've asked you this question in, in three or four different ways over the last several months, but what about Trump is worth paying attention to right now for you? Like, do you... You know, there's obviously things burbling around. He's not making a ton of news, but he's, you know, he's not, he's not. Yeah, and I don't think, by the way, that like, let's say that this Washington Post piece today was right and a bunch of the candidates he's endorsing lose in the primaries or in the general right. election. I mean, I don't think he looked at the world and takes lessons and then changes his behavior accordingly, right? <laughs> Definitely so, <not. laughs> so the only thing that really matters is, is he going to run again? And he said he's going to announce it after the midterm. So that's the only thing to me that makes makes the slightest difference. I love these weird quotes because there's one in that Washington Post story. Is like, oh, I don't think he's running. He gets to be the quiet kingmaker. I was like, quiet kingmaker doesn't sound like something that is attractive no, to him. To that at all. So like, would you write now? If I said to you right now, okay, Hugo, I can guarantee you that Trump will never be president again. Are you going to give me world powers right now as you like yeah, to do on the this magic podcast? wands? Yeah. Okay. I usually give the magic wand to, to the other guests. I, this might be one of the first well, times. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten the magic wand. Mazel tov. Are you about to give me one? I'm giving you it. Okay. So you can decide. Um, we can eliminate the possibility of Trump ever being president again. Right. I like but, that. But uh, it means the Republican nominee wins in 24. Oh. I mean, I think as a, as a purely defensive play, I would probably take that. I mean, I don't, I, don't, um, I don't love any of the sort of Republican alternatives, but I think basically anybody but Trump is, is, is preferable in the Republican Party. And I, 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 I mean— yeah, I guess I would take that, but I don't. I don't have a strong argument for it. Um, but what, what about you? Would you? It's a tough call, right? Because I he, mean, DeSantos is a, like the it's pretty scary, also, right? Is he scary? I mean, he's very conservative, right? You know, Hawley's scary. Hawley is scary. Um, so you know, I, uh, yeah, I think because look, psychologically, I don't even want to think about what a Trump return would mean. You right. know, so I guess from that perspective, yeah, I'd probably take the deal. Um, n nor are there any Democrats at the moment. Cruz would be a nightmare, but he's not right. Like, no, nah, he's so fucking unlikable. But like, he made Beto look good, and that's not that easy anymore. So, <laughs> oh poor Beto. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Wasn't he at a fundraiser at your house once? No, no. Buttigieg was. Oh, Buttigieg. Yeah. Why did I think? Why did I think Beto was? Just because Harper Texan. But Harper kind of likes him, right? Because the Texan. I mean, they all everyone liked him in 2018, but I think it basically just turned out because it was Our running against Charlie. Ted. Really liked him. Charlie really liked yeah. him. Yeah, um, he had a man crush on Beto. Yeah, big yeah. one. But but it was really just because of Cruz in many ways, right? Because Beto has subsequently revealed himself to just to be a highly mediocre white guy who lost badly in the presidential and will lose probably pretty badly to Greg Abbott this fall. All right, I'm looking for my notes right now. We're about to do one of those like hard subject changes. Yeah, you want to do um, the award show? No, let's do that last. Okay. I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about Dan Pink, 
So I watched, I, I, I didn't read the book, but I watched his TED Talk mm -hmm. um, on his new book, The Four, well, the book isn't called The Four Regrets, but he talked about The Four Regrets. Um, now tell me, uh, this is what, something that always interests me, like uh, I'm always curious about, and we talked about it last week when we, when we talked about Michael Schur's book, but like what, I mean, Dan Pink's been kicking around for a while. What caught your attention about his current book? Podcast. So there's a podcast that I listen to called Plain English by a guy named Derek Thompson. He's an Atlantic writer. Oh, Derek Thompson is awesome. I don't listen to his podcast, but he's it's such a good, good writer. Such a thoughtful guy. Yeah, like, his podcast is great. Highly recommend I gotta, it. I got to start listening to it because I think yeah. I, he's like one of those guys. He, he, he has such incredibly interesting not just taste, but more just like interests, and and he's also reasonable and, and smart. Yeah, so I, I really yeah, I really yeah. enjoy his. So I, I listen to two kinds of podcasts: Firewall aside, sports and behavioral you don't economics. Listen to Firewall. Um, I you know what's funny? I'm more <laughs> likely to listen to the Tuesday one than the Thursday one because the Thursday one is just me asking questions of someone right. else. The Tuesday I can kind of critique myself right, and say, okay, understand he, well, here's how, how I can get get better. You right. are getting better. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but so Derek Thompson had Dan Pink on, and it was an interview that they did together at like a synagogue in D.C. It's like a 45-minute or so interview. So I listened to the whole thing, and I, I found it pretty interesting. Dan Pink's argument, and then I, I went on and read a couple things about it, but not, not the book itself. The journal has a good kind of essay that that, that, that captures it pretty well. That he did weeks. or just? Yeah, that he did from a few okay. weeks ago. Um but um, his point is this, is, is that we live in a society that loves to say no regrets. You know, like RBG like, said, like she said that, someone famous had a ta tattooed on them, all this shit. Um, <laughs> but his point is regrets are really important because it's how you learn and how you change and evolve as a human being. And the notion of sort of pretending that we don't have any regrets and refusing to examine the failures of our life and, and figure out what went wrong and, and what we could do differently means we don't really evolve. We kind of stunt our growth. Um, so, so I'm listening to this, and he had four categories of – you can list them off. I think you had them written down somewhere. Did I send those to you? Because I was just looking, and I, I remember um, – I was, I was, uh, it was like foundational. Um, they weren't that interesting Basically, as categories. Basically, it, it was it – was, Career, relationships, moral, and, and connections. So he well, that's relationships, but then okay, and foundation, then some boldness, bad behavior, and connection were what I wrote yeah. down. Okay, so basically those relationships, career, and moral, right? Right. And right. but when you listen to the interview, it's all about the road not taken, right? So every example, he he created this like national global index, regret index, and 150,000 people in three days wrote in something like that. But but the the takeaway was, people really regret not pursuing a particular type of opportunity. Right. They regret not working harder, studying harder, saving more money, spending time with their grandparents, right. all of this stuff. And I guess the the you know. Me and thinking about me. Um, <laughs> Were you thinking about you, brother? Yeah, shocking, right? <laughs> um, you know, I was kind of wondering about, I'm the opposite, right? So I'm the guy that goes for and forth down every drive, right? right. There's, there's not even a punter on my team, right? Right. right. That's true in every you have a field goal kicker? Yeah, maybe once in a while. It's embarrassing, <laughs> but you know. Um, but across the board, right? If, if I think about doing something, I just fucking do it, right? Um, well, I would say certainly when it comes – well, finish – I was going to say certainly when it comes to business, do you think that's true? You know, I, I don't mean in relationships, though. Yeah. Because I think of you as someone who proactive. has – Pretty proactive. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not like 
like a like a wallflower or like a, a very like restrained. I'm not person. a social butterfly, but I don't um, like one of the things was like, oh, so and so had a hard time, and I didn't reach out to help them. Right? right, I'm pretty good about that. No, you're you're actually excellent at that. That's true. That's that's one of your uh, one of your major yeah. good qualities. Or, or, but the, or, or whatever it is, like you know, even you know, I, I met Harper, asked her out, and you know, was smart enough to hang on. But like. <laughs> But like I, you know, but but even before that, I, you know, I liked asking girls out. Some said yes, some said no. But like, I, you know, I, I'm never afraid to kind of to for whatever it is that I'm interested in at that moment. You know, generally work stuff. Um, so I, I don't have a ton of regrets. That's ba- at least based on sort of the metrics that he uses. Right. But then the question becomes, it, you know, my style isn't necessarily that good either, right? Um, it's good in the sense that more stuff happens, but I also take on stuff sometimes very stupidly um, that I shouldn't take on because I probably don't have enough of a filter uh, and, and enough pause. So you need. So you actually have. I want more regrets. Right. So you 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 have no regrets, but it's not like a, a point or, that you're boasting not, about. No, right? I, no I, have, I have decisions that I've made that, in retrospect, were stupid, and they weren't morally wrong. Right, but, but you but knew they were the, stupid. Right. I mean, just because you took on like an extra challenge or like an extra risk. Yeah, or whatever, like, like when I decided I was gonna get rid of the Blasio single-handedly. You know, like right. But that's I was just, right, right. But 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 with that said, I should have. You know, I'm supposed to be a political expert. I should be able to assess the landscape better. And said, if I'm the only one with the balls to say this publicly, I'm not gonna be able to do what I need to do to actually defeat this. Right. Guy. Although it's funny because I, that's when I was first like really like like getting to know you. And it was kind of a definitional part of your, you know, of who you were at that moment, you know. Yeah. And it did seem a little crazy. And yet, like so many people that I knew, like, agreed with you. And it was kind of like, well, here's the person who's actually, like, not just being like, well, whatever. It's just a mayor. Who cares? You know, right. like you, you had you had a cause and you were just doing it. And I think from the outside anyway, that looked like like. Again, a little crazy, but also like admirable. And I think that you probably would have had some regrets if you'd just been like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, may, may, maybe so. But I think sometimes I put myself out there without thinking about things quite right. enough. Um, and do you think it, it like cost you some goodwill or some I, reputational stuff? Or uh, yes and no. I mean, look, it it probably further alienated me from the city's kind of elite. And kind of the the power brokers, but I've never had a good relationship with that that crowd anyway, right? It's, it's always been strained between me and them, right? Um, so, um, so they saw what you did, Anthony Weiner. They just didn't like you. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't, you know, I, I just have a hard time. I don't give a shit about Abney breakfasts or going to say hi to people at the Regency or all of this different cocktail parties and events and galas. Like it's all fucking a waste of time to me. Right. Um, but you know, if you and that, and I very openly say you and everything you do is a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> they they tend to not not like that. But but I guess the question I would have for Dan Pink would be like. What happens to the person who sort of always goes for it? And uh, as a result, you know, I don't have regrets, but I have things that should have been thought through more. What's his advice there? And that, that's what I was trying to figure out. That's interesting. I mean, we should um, we should have him on, or I yeah. guess we should really read the book. Because Dan's a pretty – I like him. I, I don't read a lot in that kind of area. But he's definitely one of the more thoughtful guys. And like I was watching, I, I, I realized I actually knew quite a bit more about him and his work than I than I remembered immediately. And I, and I was like watching, and I was like, oh, this guy's like, for this type of stuff, he's really pretty good. Like he's 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 uh, he has a kind of genuine uh, 
sort of affect, and, and he's he's a genuine affect. That's a contradiction <laughs> in terms. Yeah. Um, but he also he he also um, he actually he seems interested in it. Like it's not just like a. Like yeah, no, he, ca- he came off really, really well in that interview. Okay, so now um, this is a category, uh, um, a special category of the podcast, sort of like when you hand someone a, a wand that they get to change the world in. Yeah, where Bradley um, uh, picks out something that he wishes would go away. <laughs> just, are we on the award shows now? I think we're on the award shows. Okay, so so you you think that the Oscars should go away? Well, the I, Academy Awards. I, I think this, and I and I think that. Um, you can tell the story of the demise of the Oscars by the rise of cryptocurrency. Oh, my God. So this here, sounds like a— Here we go. Okay, Ready? go ahead. So what is crypto, really? Crypto is a reflection of a loss of faith and trust in central institutions since the Vietnam War. Okay. People don't trust the government. They don't trust the media. They don't trust the church. They don't trust Wall Street. All these institutions that had so much moral authority now have virtually none, okay. right? And as a result, people said, I would rather throw in my lot with like-minded people who also distrust central banks and governments and all of that rather than be part of this, this corrupt cabal. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there's an intellectual honesty to that that I really appreciate. Okay. Um, the Oscars, and I think awards show in general, but I think Oscars sort of are the, the worst of them all because they just they demand so much attention or try to get so much attention. Right. Um, it's another example of a central institution bestowing its view and saying, "I, you know, we, the Academy, think this, also and really therefore, old people generally. Yeah, uh, yeah, therefore, this is the best movie, best supporting actress, best cinematographer, whatever it is." And you know, the ratings for the Oscars have just been plummeting year after year. Um, and I saw that the nominations came out, and I was what, what was more amazing about it was that like it got so little coverage. Nobody fucking cares. And so when do we hit the point where we say, you know what? All of these sort of uh, artifices of of the past where central institutions are sort of bestowing these honors or awards or anything else, um, really, you know, we've we've passed the point society where any of that matters to anyone and only really, really old people at this point care. um, And we should just sort of stop wasting time on it to begin with. And and that's probably true for it sounds like that has right. So so the media is paying less attention. The the ratings suck like like it it is, in fact, going the way you're saying it's going. Right. Um, So so it doesn't need to be stopped or anything. But why not get rid of it? Like why? Why continue to give? Why do I? Here's the thing. In the same way that I don't like, which reason I don't like the New York Times, right, or Fox News, right, um, or even the New Yorker these days frequently, is I don't like other people to tell me how to think, right? right? I, 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 I like to get the facts and then I can make up my own mind, right? Um, and, and, and along uh, the well, same lines. Well, I think lines, it's worse than, well, go I don't, ahead, I don't go want, ahead. you know, I don't outsource like what movies I'm going to watch or like to a bunch of people I've never met before who are insiders in Hollywood and that they get to decide what's good and what's not good. Like, I just don't give a shit. And I don't think anybody does. Well, I think people, I, I think some people do. And certainly people in Hollywood do because they're desperate right. for prestige. But, but that's and it, totally it's, disconnected it's, it's, from the rest of the world. Yeah, but it, but it's still important for that. And ultimately, that's how it started. And probably maybe it should go back to some more kind of insular event that, like, is really important to insiders and to people who... You know, or in the industry and whatever. But I, I think, look, I think it's useful. I don't. I've never been like a huge fan, or like you know, uh, I normally don't even watch it. But I think it's a good, just sort of like other metric that's out there. Like, oh, this was like you know, best foreign film, or I'm always interested in like the documentary category, or like the short films, or like I feel like there's just some information there that is 
again, it's not like end all be all. Like, oh my god, I got to see every single movie. Or, gotta, but I, but I like I like that it's there. Yeah, but there's no shortage of critics out there giving their opinions constantly to to help you figure out. Yeah, you know, but there's something the, there's something the, the again, weird. It's, just, it's a slightly different documentaries that you like to watch. And stuff I know. Like. I sent I sent Bradley a documentary to watch. This was a couple of years ago now, and I, I still I'm still kind of like I'm still embarrassed almost by like. He, I, would you watch like ten minutes? You're like, yeah, don't send me stuff I, like I, that. I what was yeah. it about? Like a hospital in like Yugoslavia? No, it was reporters or something. It was reporters, but they were breaking like something. a. It was. I didn't get that far. It into was like it. a burn. Unit, I also like, generally <laughs> am not a documentary fan. Really, at all? Not really. No. I mean, once once I like the thirty for thirty sports ones. Right. But overall. Um, I don't know. I always find them a little boring, and I understand that like some documentaries are absolutely incredible, and, and there are. Did you like like the the Thin Blue Line? Those those or the the Errol Morris ones that they, where he's doing like, you know, like these super tight interviews. You know, with yeah, I didn't I didn't see that, but like I'll give you an example. Like Harper likes documentaries, and there was one about some cult in Oregon that she loved, like oh, was God. absolutely fanatical okay. about. Right. And I don't know. I got through like one and a half episodes. I'm like, I don't care. Right, um, you know, it, and look, I could see Harper being kind of a documentary fan. She likes it, yeah. yeah. She 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 does. Or look, it, to, to go back to the point, baseball Hall of Fame, right? It's a bunch of old white dudes, baseball writers, right. by and large, who they did, and they get to decide who's worthy or not. You're not I mean, into it. Well, how the fuck are Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens not in the Hall of Fame? Like, well, I think you know why. Yeah, but that, but to That's me, a bad that invalidates them entirely. Like if if they are if I don't like other people using their standards and their judgment as a substitute for my own and telling me how to think. I don't care if it's the Academy or the Hall of Fame baseball writers or the New York Times. Don't tell me how to think. Okay. Well, I, I will say this: Did you did you see the the Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame inductees last night? No. It was pretty awkward because they had them like standing out there like on the end zone line some point before the game. They, they wear those yellow jackets, right? I don't think they were wearing the yellow jackets last night. They do wear those when they go into the Hall of Fame, but I don't, uh, they didn't seem but to be football Hall of Fame is even less. I mean, the only one that even seems to have any legitimacy is baseball. Yeah. Right? Um, Although the Basketball Hall of Fame is great to visit, by the way. So, I think we've talked about this yeah, in the podcast. Yeah, Harper and I, in like the late, late 90s, um, took a road trip of New England. And you took your, like, your girlfriend... To the basketball no, Hall of Fame? No, no. Oh, wait, Harper played basketball in high school, though, didn't she? No, she played oh, she field she hockey. Soccer? Oh, field hockey, yeah. Hockey. And, okay. and in college, too. Um, no, what happened was we were driving back. We passed it, and I was like, oh, the Basketball Hall of Fame. Right. And we pulled in, and tickets were like 25 bucks or something like that. Was this was like 1999, yeah. and the place was closing in like 40 minutes. And you're like, yeah. You did the cost benefit. Yeah, it did, didn't work, and yeah. we, we didn't see it. So I've never actually been. The best thing, the reason to go is Artis Gilmore's mink coat. Um, you know, Artis Gilmore's seven yeah. foot two, and he had a you know seven foot two mink coat, and it was that's pretty cool. I guess that's probably not cool anymore, but I mean, there's something. Well, but it's interesting because the mink coat there is. So there was an effort a couple of years ago in the New York City Council to ban fur in New York City, and the fur industry ran a really brilliant campaign, which is they made it racial, and they said there's a really long cultural affinity and history of African-Americans, especially African-American men, and fur coats, and they were able to use that to defeat the bill. Well, they might have used Artis Gilmore because yeah. the picture of him in his in his mink coat, which they then, or fur coat, I don't know if it's mink, that they then, you know, then they had the coat and the picture of him in, in his prime 
Yeah, he that did might look have been. fantastic. Or I would, I think Walt Frazier for New Yorkers would be kind of the, the equivalent, right? Did he did he like his furs? It sounds like he seems like he would. Yeah, yeah, leopard skins and all that kind of. All stuff. right, I'm going to vote for them to continue doing the Oscars, but I I I'm, I hope that it doesn't interfere with your enjoyment of movies too much or get on your nerves. Yeah, and I like I I did see some of the movies, but also I think like when was the last time you went to the, a non Marvel type thing? So I enjoy going with my kids and seeing a big Marvel movie. Is that it? I just can't like we saw licorice pizza. It was fine. Right. Um, I don't know. Like I, I just I, I can't remember the last time I went to the movie theater and said like that was awesome, and it wasn't just about shit being blown up for three hours. <laughs> right. I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Until next week, we'll we'll talk about more things. Shit Who are we putting out on Thursday? And we have like a whole bunch of stuff. I know we have so right many, now. and and there's there's some different competing slots. So I'm not even. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a. It's a gonna be a surprise. Surprise yeah. to everyone, including me. Yeah, exactly. I'll have to. Uh, Bradley will just have to look, wake look up at Thursday Spotify morning. Thursday morning and see who, see who we we put out there. But uh, right. anyway, and then I, I just kind of remember to do this. Yes. Uh, rate and review us, please. Um, and uh, if you have feedback, ideas, whatever else, just just reach out to us on the firewall site. We, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much, Brad. All right, see you guys. Bye.